that we have just about um, 19 days to the end of the year. 19, 19 days, 19 days. Once upon a time, we were saying, I claim 2021. I declare into 2021. 2021, my year of divine, my 2021, my year of manifestation. My 2020 is finished. It has finished. So you, might, you can ask your neighbor, what did you do with your declarations and your pronouncements? Because we are about to have crossover 2022. And I want you to be able to come and stand in uh, crossover 2022 and say, Lord, I thank you for 2021. And I thank you that you gave me grace to do A, B, and C. And as I go into 2022, I am carrying even a stronger faith into 2022. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be your testimony. So tell the person, but you don't worry, I have 19 days, it will happen. You see, those who have faith know that God can do what takes people 365 days. God can do it overnight. I see God giving you a sudden victory. I see God giving you a sudden blessing. I see God giving you a sudden healing. I see God bringing suddenness into your life. A sudden, a sudden, the situation will change suddenly. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. And that's why we stay close to him always. Because just when you think you're about to give up, he will embarrass you. You know, he will totally embarrass you. May the Lord embarrass you. The Lord will bless you to the point where you are embarrassed. Have you been ever been given a gift that you've been embarrassed before? You've all, you're almost put to shame. You're about to say, mine never came. And then you see the box and you, you just shut up. May God embarrass you. Amen. And that is why this month, you know, I like the theme of the month, which is Thanksgiving. Amen. Which is Thanksgiving. And you would wonder that why do we even have to teach about that? Why do we have to talk about it? But as we teach about it and talk about it, you come to realize how little we make use of it and how we almost go in the opposite direction of Thanksgiving. Amen. Yeah, when I was a child, you were brought up and taught. You didn't pick it up along the way or it wasn't something that accidentally came into your life. You were literally taught, please, daddy, please, mommy. Thank you, auntie. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Now, they just collect their thing. And then it's like, there, there are some children who this Christmas, they'll look at their present and it's like, is this it? I thought I told you I wanted, what's the game or the toy for the, because you know the people, the manufacturers, they have commercialized Christmas. They know what toy, they'll advertise the toy to the point where the children can't sleep till they receive it. Yeah, and if they receive it in the wrong color, they'll still not show appreciation. And it has seeped into the church. Amen. And um, before we look at a couple of scriptures, I wanted us to also realize that when we are talking about thanksgiving, we are also talking about gratitude. Amen. Because thanksgiving is born out of gratitude. If you are not grateful, you can never offer thanksgiving. If you cannot say thanks to something you are not grateful for. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If somebody comes to visit you and you are grateful for the visit, you can say thank you. If somebody comes to visit you and it was a bother because you had to try and generate food from on high. Not everybody is grateful for a visit. Not everybody is grateful for a phone call. There are some people that when you call them, 
And hi. Oh, it's me, it's Pastor Gloria. Yeah. You're laughing. Yeah, I know. You think I don't know. I know when the phone is far away from you because by the time you bring it back to your ear, you didn't hear what was said. But there are also some that after the phone call, they'll send you a text message. Thank you so much for calling. And there are some who will block your number. Thanksgiving is born out of gratitude. And gratitude is a posture. And it's also the condition of the heart. Gratitude is a posture. Do you know that some people have a posture of fighting, readiness to fight? It's a posture. It's not like anything has happened. Nothing has gone wrong. When you look at the atmosphere, there's nothing to fight about, but they have a readiness for fight. Should it come, they are ready for it. Do you you understand? They are never overtaking. Like, I was not expecting... I was not expecting to have a quarrel today. They are literally always ready for a quarrel, whether at work, whether in church, whether in their home. They can, even as they are going home, they, they are ready. Should the children have left the house in a certain state? Should the wife or husband, they are ready. It's a posture you, you can take. It's a stance. Do, do you understand? You know, like those who are running or the boxers, you, you can't be about to box and your hands are here. There has to be a, Yeah. Do you understand? Gratitude is also the posture you have for the, if you are going to be somebody who gives thanks. Gratitude is your posture. And it's also the condition of your heart. Why? Because gratitude softens the heart. It tenderizes it. How many of you, in, I don't know if they have it here, because for me, most of the time, I get it from South Africa. They have what they call tenderizer because the time of the meat that you eat in South Africa, if you are going to cook it on its own, it will take you like four days to soften so they have these various things that when you sprinkle on the meat and you steam it, and then it will soften it quickly. Yeah. The same way, gratitude will soften your heart. Do you know that if you have a hard heart, you can't be uh, grateful. You, you can't acknowledge if you have a hard heart. Yeah. If you have a hard heart, God will do all that he will do. Still, you will not be moved. You will not be moved. But when you become... When gratitude sets in, the heart gets softer. So everything you acknowledge and say thank you. You know, people do little things for you, and you are so overwhelmed by it. You are so grateful. Some of us, even when people do big things for us, we still, it's like, is that all? I told you I was broke. I needed money. They came to give me 50 pounds, 50 pounds, 50 pounds. You to go and use the 50 pounds for the month. Go and pay your rent with 50 pounds. You, you go and pay them. You had zero. And somebody gives you 50. But you see, when your heart is soft, even when somebody says, I can't pay your rent for you, but I have 20 pounds, I'll share it, I'll give you 10. If you have a soft heart, there's a level of gratitude that will make you even remember the person the day you have a breakthrough. There'll be, even though it was just 10 pounds, it will be something that you remember. And sometimes when you're even describing it, you don't mention the amount. People will assume the person built your house. Do you understand? When you are sharing a testimony, it's like, I was going through so much. And Sister X came, you know, and the little she had, she shared with me. They don't know that it's really little, but, you know, you don't say. It will give an image as if it's a big thing. As some of us do, big things have been done for us. You see, as we talk about this, you come to realize that there are so many people that you are angry with, or you have cut off, or you have you know, separated yourself from, that you should go back and analyze and realize that, gee, 
I have so much to be grateful for to that person. Do, do you understand? Yeah. You realize that as you want to divorce and carry your bag, if you leave your suitcase at the door and think about a couple of things, you take your suitcase back inside the house. The dictionary describes gratitude as a readiness to show appreciation. It also describes it as a strong acknowledgement, which means I can acknowledge the help, and there's also strong acknowledgement. Strong acknowledgement. It was like, it's like, I am grateful, or it's like, well, at least they gave me a lift halfway. They didn't take me home, but they dropped me in the city center. It's better than nothing. And then thanksgiving is public acknowledgement of divine goodness or God's goodness. The expression thanksgiving is only related to divinity. It's related to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's related to God. We don't give thanksgiving to our boss. We don't give thanksgiving to men. We give it to God. Which means that if you are not somebody who has faith in your God, you can't um, give him that. It is also a prayer expressing gratitude. Thanksgiving is a prayer. When we go through scripture, you realize that it's always linked to other kinds of prayer. Isn't it? All kinds of prayer, supplication, and, and thanksgiving. It is a Expressing, it's a prayer expressing gratitude. And it is also our response and recognition of God's grace. It's our response and recognition of God's grace. There is so much that we can now do for ourselves that the ability to recognize and acknowledge what God does keeps shrinking. Do you know that if in... in, in, in when you read the um, God's general and all these, you know, 18th century and 19th century preachers and prophets, you realize that the level of faith was different than it is today because there were not many medical answers to many diseases. So the faith was in God to heal. The faith was that God would let me walk again, would let this tuberculosis go. But now... When you go, David will prescribe for you amoxicillin, two times, two capsules, four times daily. That's an overdose, isn't it? But something in that line. Yeah. And then even if you react to that one, they'll give you another drug to counteract the effect of that. And so it reduces the need to recognize that God is a healer. It reduces the need, you know, to respond to God as the one who is answering things, as the one who is helping. Because we can manipulate a lot of things by the wisdom of men. You know, there are men in scripture and women in scripture that they sort of encapsulate Everything that Thanksgiving represents. And we're going to read some from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament. And I pray that it will trigger something in us that as we end the year and as we go into the coming year, we will have the right posture and the right attitude. 
Do you understand? Yeah. Two days ago, two days ago, Friday, when was two days ago? One minus one minus two. Friday. Was, was Friday two days ago? Friday was two days ago. Yeah. Friday, you know, I was hanging out with my daughter. We had a really nice time. We had a nice meal and it was very enjoyable. And by the time I hit the bed, I was just knocked out. I didn't even realize I was asleep, whatever. Then at some point in the night, I felt a tap and it was my daughter. She was tapping me and then she was asking me, what did I want for dessert? And then she was giving me options. And it looks like I gave her my option it, as I was still half asleep. Then about half an hour later, I heard her tap me and she had a little this thing with my dessert in it. And then half as, when you are a lover of dessert, when, when, when you are a lover of dessert, when you are a lover of dessert, it can lift you up from your sick bed. <laughs> it can lift you up. Listen, look at all these health freaks. Look straight. <laughs> we are not intimidated by you. If you like, I'll even tell you what it was so that you'll be collapsed completely. No, it wasn't cheesecake. It wasn't cheesecake, but it was worse. You would have been happy if it was cheesecake. It was worse than cheesecake. I took it, and it was a warm dessert with, oh, you know when you're having something warm and then ice cream is poured on over the warm, oh gosh. So I poured the ice cream over it and I, and I ate it and I really enjoyed it. And then I had my iced drink by it. The, the iced drink was water. Okay, it was water. Then I closed my eyes again and I slept. But when I woke up in the morning, and I saw it, I saw the things around my bed. I realized that what a night I'd had. Immediately, I went into my daughter's room and I told her, I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for your life. And you might think that, oh, it's a box of whatever. It's just, but I really appreciated it. Do, do, do you understand? I had a recognition for it because I don't know how many 20-year-old daughters think about their mother who's fast asleep and order her a nice dessert. Do, do you understand? Sometimes when there are things that you can do or same insecure, your response to it reduces. May we respond to God correctly. And may we rec recognize God's goodness in every situation. We have gone through COVID-19. I don't know why they call it COVID-19 because in 2019, they didn't tell us that it was there. We have gone through COVID-2020. We have gone through COVID-2021. But we will not go through COVID 2022 in Jesus' name. David described it as this. We are going to read 1 Chronicles 29. Pastor, I was wondering when we start reading scripture. We are reading it. 1 Chronicles 29. We are going to read from verse 10. I'm going to read the NLT to verse 16. It says that, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Oh, Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. You know, sometimes we say some of these things that God, you, are, you know, even when we come to church, this is the best church. I love the church. I appreciate the church. But it's not forever and ever. It's for a short season. When people are getting married and they say, look into your eyeball to eyeball, face to face, then you see tears coming down. The next tears that they manifest 
verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. If you have your Bible, open it. I know we rely a lot on the screen. Today, they, today they say don't give you scripture because they thought you brought your Bible with you. They were checking to see if you brought your Bible with you. Then it says that, verse 11, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. You would think that for the king who already has greatness, power, glory, victory, is acknowledging that my own is nothing. Even what I have is also yours. It says that the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. And then he goes on to say, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. Everything in the heavens and on the earth. You see, for you to get to the place where giving thanks to God becomes a second nature, it becomes something natural, is when you realize that everything in the heavens and everything on the earth is the Lord's. And this is your kingdom. You have to look at, if there are blessings in your life, you should be able to look at those blessings and say, Lord, these blessings are yours. We suffered in when people say, wow, well done. We don't know how to point it to who it actually belongs to. And when we do it, sometimes we do it just out of a religious spirit because it's expected of us to say, <laughs> we give the glory to God. But that was just from your mouth. But in your heart, it's like, it was about time you guys recognized that I am gifted and talented. We adore you as the one who is over all things. We adore you as the one who is over all things. If my marriage is working, if my children are on track, if my finances are in place, it is because of the Lord. If I'm going through financial challenge, but the Lord is sustaining me, it is because of the Lord. Verse 12, wealth and honor come from you alone. Wealth and honor come from you alone. Have you seen that wealth can come and disappear suddenly? Have you seen that wealth can come without honor? Have you seen that honor can come without wealth? Listen, you can try and manipulate and dissect, but ultimately it is God. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. And at your discretion, that is why when you are a Christian and God elevates you, you should know that it was just grace that has brought you there. Because you know the devil also elevates his people. Yeah, and also promotes them. So you can't say that this person is not saved, but they are promoted. We don't know where their promotion came. But you know where your promotion came. You know where your elevation came from. And you should know that it is at the discretion of God. Because it's not that you were more intelligent. What we last week, or was it last week or two, Reverend was telling us that, listen, there are people that some of us went to university with, and, and they were the best of the best. But they are not doing well in life today. And there were some who were struggling. They're always the last to hand in the assignments. They always make it through by the skin of their teeth. 
pass mark is 51, then they get 51.5 and they make it through and they rejoice. But then they come into life and the Lord elevates them. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. That is discretion. Yeah. You find some girls, they are so bad. They've slept with men, they've slept with women, they've slept with animals, they've slept with They've slept, they've slept, they've slept. Then God brings them to the altar like a virgin. Some of these white, we have to stop. Because the white dress, it confuses. Look straight, look straight, look straight, look straight, look straight, look straight. Because, you know, what is even annoying, what is even, can I preach this morning? What is even annoying is that whole process of unveiling the bride. Then they are rolling the lace. Take your time. Meanwhile, they've been kissing the night before. That mouth has been touched over and over by the person unveiling and by others who are watching. But God chooses to honor them. God chooses to favor them. It doesn't even make sense. Now, somebody is wondering whether their wedding, they should wear the veil or not wear the veil. Wear it, wear it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's okay. Hmm. Verse 13. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? You see, sometimes... Even when we say, oh, we should give Thanksgiving or when it's your birthday or it's some significant season or something happens and it's like, I want to give a Thanksgiving offering and it's like, well, it's not necessary. Is it important? What a, you know, after all. But David is reminding us, he says that, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? We must come to the place where we should realize that what a privilege it is for us. You know, what an honor it is for us that we have the opportunity to thank God and to praise him. <laughs> he says that everything we have has come from you. Tell your neighbor, everything you are, everything you have, everything you will ever be has come from God. Yeah. He says, and we give you only what you first gave us. Wow. We are here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land, as ancestors were before us. Sometimes we forget that people have walked the streets of this world before us. And some were extremely wealthy, some were extremely beautiful, some were extremely powerful, some were well honored, some were very wealthy, some were very poor, some were, you know, whatever. And we are here now. And we are not the last lot. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Oh, Lord, our God, even this material that we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name, it came from you, and it all belongs to you. May that be your testimony. Every victory I have came from you. Every blessing I have, Lord, came from you. Every health I have, Lord, came from you. Every success I received, Lord, came from you. It was yours and you gave it to me to steward. Yeah. Tell somebody, Thanksgiving is a round-the-clock affair. 
It's not a December thing. It's not an end of year thing. It's not a first January thing. It's not a beginning of the year thing. It's not on the day of a particular celebration. It's around the clock. When you wake up in the morning, Thanksgiving should be on your lips. It should define your day. It should define your life. If you are clapping, clap properly. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, it says that NLT, always be joyful. I mean, this passage of scripture, I'm just so amazed at what a powerful scripture with so long term. You know, when you are thinking of a verse in scripture, having seen three letter words, <laughs> three word sentences like this. Verse 16, always be joyful. You have memorized a verse. Tell somebody I know scripture. Tell the person I have memorized scripture. And I'm telling you now, always be joyful. Tell the person, say verse. Never stop praying. Tell the person another verse. Never stop praying. Yeah. Then verse 18 says, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving is for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Don't be upset if you have siblings or neighbors, whatever, who cannot uh, acknowledge God in various things. Unless they belong to Jesus, they cannot give him that honor. It says that it belongs to those. It's for those who belong to Jesus. Being joyful, never stopping to pray, and being thankful in all circumstances. Number one. In all circumstances. Be thankful in all things. Not just before things or after things. When it says in in all things, it means that sometimes we are very grateful that 2022, my year of victory. Lord, I declare it and I thank you in advance for what you're about to do. And then after, when the victory has come, God, I thank you that you gave me healing. God, I thank you. But now the Bible is telling us that in the middle when nothing has happened, when things even look like they're going backwards, when everything has come to a standstill, when you've been knocked off a couple of pedestals, the Bible says that you should give thanks. The Bible says you should be joyful. The Bible says you should never stop praying. Listen, it takes a certain wisdom, a certain grace to understand how to thank God in the middle of your chaos, in the middle of your struggle, in the middle of your challenge, Why? Because there is no life on earth that will never go through crisis. There is no life on earth that will not have setbacks. I don't care how you are, who you are. At one point or the other, you will find yourself in the middle of a situation. And it is always in the middle. Do you know that in the middle, time looks so long? In the middle, the pain looks so strong. That is why most of the time when stories are being told, it's almost abbreviated. We suffered for a while. Do you know when we say we suffered for it, what do you mean? And it is that experience that we all struggle with. Because a lot of the time we are looking at people who are either in the before or in the after. And then we've seen how they have come across. And we are like, why can't we also come across? Because they haven't shared with you how it was to be in the middle. To be within the circumstances. To be in that situation. Everybody goes through situations, including Christians. The difference is that we have a God that we can look onto. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, I fixed my eyes. The only reason why Peter stumbled when he tried to walk on water is that he took his eyes off Jesus. The only reason sometimes we become ungrateful is because we take our eyes off Jesus. Be thankful in all things. Not only in our good circumstances. Yeah. Because the other tool we have, why we are thankful in the middle of circumstances is because when the circumstance is not good, grace abounds to walk through that. Let's look at Philippians. Philippians 4.16, the Bible, the 4.6, the Bible says in Amplified, do not fret or have anxiety, any anxiety about anything. Tell somebody, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. <laughs> do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. You see, when we say that it's easier said than done, it's because when you are going through circumstances and going through things, what we are focused on is causing us to fret and be anxious. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you take an exam and the results come, and you go on social media, and you see people post their certificate or their this thing, and it says 92. Nine, they are taking a picture with it, 90. Yeah, you, you know, and then you look at your results, and then some of the figures are in there. So somebody had maybe 76, or no, somebody had maybe 92, and yours is 29. It can, it can generate some stress. But the Bible is telling us that in every circumstance and in everything. So it's not just the circumstance. It's also in things. In things. In things. In things. In things. Good things, bad things. Nothing. Nobody as a Christian should say that in 2021 nothing happened. It's not true. I'm going to read a message Bible, but I want to read quite a bit of it for you. So I'll read from verse 2 in the message Bible, Philippians 4. I want to give you a good picture of something. It says that, I urge Yodia and Sintike. Is that the right pronunciation? Sintike. Okay. It's a name. I don't know who wants to give it to their child. To iron out their differences and make up. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. Somebody say, mercy, Lord. He says that they, these are people who were really helping the church in Philippi. They were very instrumental. And they were fighting like nobody's business. And the, the message was sent to them that please iron out your differences. Don't just iron out. Because some of us, we are even sitting here. We don't talk to each other. We say, yeah, it's gone. I've given up. But you haven't made up. You see, I, once I don't talk to them, I won't have trouble. It's when I go and talk to them that I have trouble. But you're not talking to them. It's a badge that there is still something going on. Hey, Reverend, how did you get there? I saw it in the verse. God doesn't want his children holding grudges. Christians hold grudges. They sing in the choir together, they hold grudges. That's why they stand at opposite ends. It's not the arrangement. 
It's just for sanity. And sometimes these choir leaders also have to become referees. If this one is singing, then this one should. <laughs> and, oh, yes. Side, whatever. Since you are right there to help them work things out, whatever, do your best with them. These women work for the message hand in hand with Clement and me and with the other veterans. Work as hard as any of us. Remember, their names are also in the book of life. It means that your name can be in the book of life and you're holding grudges. Celebrate God all day, every day. Tell somebody, celebrate God all day, every day. Ah, some of us celebrate God Sundays. Some of us celebrate God Christmas. Some of us, we only celebrate God when we have victory. When we have victory, then we say, God is good. Family, I have a testimony. God is good. Otherwise, you see, when you see yourself saying things like, oh, I'm not coming to church for a while. I need some space. I'm handling things. I'm going to situation. That is you not acknowledging God. That is you despising what God is currently doing in your life. Because the only reason why you take God out of the picture when you are in the midst of your situation is because you don't believe that ultimately it is God who is going to bring you out of it. Then he tries to explain that. I love message, but he says, I mean, revel in him. Some of you, you used to go to those places where we revel, isn't it? Look, look straight. You, you used to go to the places where, yeah, what were those places called? Those places where they, the revel places where, no, no, they have new names. Hey, you are so old. This good. They don't even use the word. I don't think they use the word again. <laughs> It moved. It used to be garage, then they moved it. It has, I don't know what it is called today. No, no, no. No, no, no. People are too sanctified. There are people here who know, but they won't tell me. They won't say it. Make it, is that what? Hey, charity. <laughs> Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you are on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them to see that the master is about to arrive. Do you know that our celebrating God every day in every circumstance is a message to everyone we meet. It's a message to those who are around us. It is telling them that God is working all the time. Help them to see. Help them to see. And he says, he could show up any minute. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Tell somebody, instead of worrying, pray. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle upon you. When you become somebody who is grateful, who gives thanks, who remains joyful, who in every circumstance 
focuses on their prayer. And they say before you know it, before you are aware, you, before you realize it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle upon you. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of... How many of you just have that spirit of worry? You see, I was a victim of the spirit of worry. It's a spirit that comes upon you. And it can grip you that even when good things are coming your way, you drive it away. When good people are coming your way, you drive them away. When you, know, when, what, when you have a certain spirit, you attract a certain kind of spirit. Verse 8, summing it all up, friends, I'll say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things. You see, when you read the King James, you say uh, all the things that are pure, that are honest, that are... And message Bible is saying that, listen, it will be best for you that you fill your minds and you meditate on things true, noble, repeatable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful and not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Ha. How are we going to be able to fill our minds and meditate on these things? Don't leave church and become a non-Christian. Don't leave church and go into neutral. When you leave church, you actually need to take the gear even a step higher. Don't go through the week, everything you are listening to, everything you are watching, everybody you are speaking to, everywhere you are going, everywhere. they are putting only negative things into you. They are making your situation, they are almost writing your situation in stone. And we like it. Do you know that there is a part of man that actually enjoys that sense of brokenness? means that you have to consciously make sure that the things that are around you, they are true to God's word, that they are authentic to God's word, that they are gracious, that when you look at people, you think of the best and not the worst. You know, when you look at situation, you look for the beauty in the thing and not the ugliness in the thing. When you look at circumstances, you look at it and say, what can I thank God for? What can I praise God for? And you are not focused on the things that are curses. We focus too much. Look, even our prayer life is a reflection of this fact. When we have to pray for thanksgiving, when we have to pray for, about the beautiful things in our life, when we have to acknowledge God about our health, our life, our peace, our, it's very different than when we have to bind and lose the devil. When we have to curse the devil, we roll our sleeves. And we get into position for fire. And then we get ready that every demon will be fought. And then our tongues change. Our thanksgiving tongues is like treble. And then our devil fighting is like base. Father, we thank you so much. Now let's drive out every demon from your father's house and your mother's house. Stamp on them, stamp on them. Stamp. How, when would we come to church 
and say, Lord, victory, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you that I have health. Hey, you're like, why? What, what thank you? I mean, thank you is thank you. But every time we hear the devil's name, our zeal and our passion rises. It's like fireworks. Today, they will see. When you do that, that is how you become anxious and you fret. That is how anxiety rises. Because you have elevated the enemy so much that anything about him causes you to palpitate. May that change in your life. May thanksgiving be the one that causes you to palpitate. May acknowledging God, may looking for beauty in people. You see, when you begin to look at the good in people, you help people also rise up. You help people, you help people to be lifted up. When you begin to help, you know, see good in things and speak truth and be gracious, be gracious, be gracious. Verse 9, put into practice, we'll be closing to what you have learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God will make everything work together. Will work you into his most excellent harmonies. It is a fact that everything ultimately works together for your good. It is an absolute fact that ultimately everything works together for you. Including even your mistakes. When you hand your mistakes over to God, he will include it and work it out together for your good. But you have to practice it. You have to practice it. I pray that we are going to go into this week trying to practice some of these things. Let me give you the last verse, the last point, and then we'll go home because we have enough to go and practice this week. Because by the time we come next Sunday, we are going to be excited about what we are learning and what we are being taught. Do you know that when you have that attitude, that lifestyle, you have better health? When, when, you, when you entertain quarreling, you become quarrelsome. Yeah. Sometimes you are not a partaker, but you welcome. Some of us, we lay the table for other people to come and perform, isn't it? Yeah. Even, I don't know if they do it now, but when I was younger, there were girls who had that job title. John is fighting, not John. I don't know what men do. When Jane is fighting with Janet, then you have... Uh, Jordina, who, Jordina is the one who gathers them, will bring Jane and Janet to a house and say, one, two, go. <laughs> and then when she sees that, it's Katie up. She says, no, 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 I meant you, I brought you guys here to talk. <laughs> yeah. When you see that you have that spirit of every time, can we talk? Can we talk? It's a foul spirit. It's a very, very foul spirit. Anywhere in your life that you see that is not good. They ask for you every time. Every, and with everybody. Everybody. This week it was. Next week it is. Last week it was. A, from your husband or your wife to your children to your children's school teacher to the woman. Even, you know, even Morrison, the manager for the cat knows you. They've had three meetings with you. <laughs> I would like to report cashier number eight. It is a foul spirit. Yeah, the bus driver maybe was giving change and didn't, and then you take his name 
and his number. And even the uh, transport for leads, they're afraid of you. This woman again. <laughs> Second Corinthians 4. The New King James says, verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Amen. Grace generates thanksgiving, which also generates a contagious church. It says that so that many, it will spread through the many. It will spread through the many. In fact, the message Bible puts it this way. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace equals more and more people. Equals more and more praise. Tell somebody, more and more grace equals more and more people equals more and more praise. So he goes on in verse 16 to say, so we are not giving up. How could we give up? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These are hard times. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There is far more here than meets the eye. Tell somebody there's more to your life. There's more to your situation. There's more to your victory than you can currently see. The things that, the things we see now are here today but gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. May the Lord open our eyes. May the Lord reveal to us even what the situation we are currently in represents. May we begin to appreciate that all things are working together for our good. Rise up onto your feet.